Hello and welcome to a special interview episode of SourceCast. I am Skoblaka Shurtigal, and I'm here with a live interview of Rachamel the Writer. It's good to be here, Skoblaka. <laughs> okay, just to make sure I'm pronouncing it right, it is Rachamel, correct? Uh, actually, it's uh, Ro Trammel. Ro Trammel, okay. You can call me RTW if it'd be easier. RTW. <laughs> Let me get the list of questions out. I guess we can start out with... First of all, you're one of the most popular writers on Animation Source, of any of the sources, but in particular Balto Source because of your Balto fanfics. And one of the most asked questions that I've had is, why Balto? Uh, what got you into writing Balto fanfics to begin with? Well, actually, uh, around 1997, Christmas, uh, I was in 6th grade at the time. We uh, were in art class, and for Christmas, for our Christmas party, we watched a cartoon, and that cartoon was Balto. It was the first time I ever saw it, and uh, I loved it. It uh, it really spoke to me because I was kind of a, uh, wouldn't really say a cast, but a nerd kind of person. The whole accepting people for who they are and what they can do, and you know, not how they look or where they're from or whatever, really spoke to me. And... Uh, I actually started drawing before I started writing, and the more that I, more time that I spent with the story, the more I liked it, and I started to think, well, where would it go from here, you know, because at the time there wasn't any plans for a sequel. Um, so, I had one that actually became Jenna's Journey later, and um, the story actually, it's kind of funny that uh, myself and uh, Universal picked the same name for uh, the daughter of Lou. I actually got it from the Aleutian Mountains. Um, I don't know if that's where they got it from or not, but the uh, the story kind of came and went as an idea for about a year and a half or so. And then, you know, the second movie came out, and I kind of had to adapt it around that. Um, but basically the reason that I got started in it was because I really liked the characters, and I just wondered where they'd go from the end of the story because it was very open. Okay, well, I find that a little interesting that you... Picked Alu and Universal picked Alu, although, as far as I am aware, they picked Alu because of the Aleutian Islands. Funny how things work out. Yes, it was. When I saw the sequel, I was like, wow, it's my character! <laughs> it, it was interesting. Did you picture Alu to be about the same uh, look, I guess, as she turned out to be, or was she something, you know, completely different? Uh, she was. About the same. She was the same kind of uh, more wolf than Balto. Um, very headstrong. A lot. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed in my stories. A lot of my females are very uh, strong characters. I, I like strong female characters. So I made a Lou. You know, the, almost kind of the same in that she was stubborn. She was, you know, uh, aggressive. She was able to look out for herself and whatnot. Um, actually, the storyline back then revolved around Balto and his family running the Iditarod. Which is an idea that I'm still kind of playing around with. I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine wants to know, how much time and effort do you spend in creating each of your fanfics? It really didn't take me all that much time. I think the longest one that I wrote, it, it took me about, I'll say two months or so. But that was when I was able to work on it a lot. Now that I'm you know, in college and I'm out in the civilian world and I have other responsibilities... It's been taking me a lot longer. As I'm sure my readers are about ready to string me up over my last one because it's been 
quite a while. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they've been taking quite a bit longer since I got out of the military just because I don't have the time to focus on them like I did before. Okay. Something I'd like to personally know, um, your avatar, uh, is that really you and your avatar that you use? Yes, it is. That is my picture from boot camp. And which branch of the military are you in? Uh, I was in the United States Marine Corps um, for four years. I got out in 2008, so I've been out for about, well, actually right at four years now, uh, four years in July. Oh, well, I always send a special salute to our to the people in our military, so I salute <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm currently actually going to school. Uh, I'm living in New Jersey. Uh, actually, if you look outside my window, you would be able to see New York City. <laughs> It wasn't snowing. Um, but uh, I'm going to college to be a paralegal at the moment, and uh, I actually just got engaged in December. So Oh, well, congrats. An exciting time. <laughs> Thank you. I did, too. How about that? Anyway, uh, Balto Legend 19... Congratulations, you, too. Okay, thank you. Balto Legend 1925 would like to know, out of all your stories, which one was the hardest to write? The hardest one, without a doubt, was uh, the fall of Anayu because of the end. Um, Alu is my favorite character, and to write the scene that I did uh, about her, even though I knew what light in store, it was very difficult for me to to do that. Uh, it was definitely a uh, a terrific story. The whole Anayu trilogy, it was just tremendous. That that actually ranks up among my own favorites. <laughs> If you could choose between Darkness and the Anaya Trilogy, which one do you think is the most epic? I like the Anaya Trilogy better myself. Uh, Darkness was really good, and of course it was dark. Um, it was by far probably my most adult fanfic out there. When it ended, it ended on kind of a darkish note with uh, with Alu losing the uh, control of the Talborn and whatnot. And the Anaya Trilogy... Even though it had its dark moments, it wound up, you know, being more or less everything was status quo at the end. I thought it did a job of, of taking the story from point A to B to C to D. It, you know, the conclusion was, was satisfying to me. It actually became a very, very much of a challenge to write toward the end because I had so many storylines going on at that point that to conclude them all at the same time, I had to hop around a lot, and it kind of required me thinking like I was schizophrenic or something, you know, <laughs> splitting my mind into several different threads to try to wind them all up around the same time. Okay. I'm looking at your fanfic gallery. The top one, I know, is not your first fanfic you wrote. That was Jenna's Journey, but somehow these all got rearranged, and now the top one is also your personal script. Yes, uh, actually, when, when the site was redesigned, for some reason, all of them got out of order. <laughs> I'm not sure why that occurred, but I was trying to work somebody about it, and then they dropped off the radar, and I don't know if they even remember it anymore, so... First of all, it only opens when you open it with HTML, uh, but anyway, I, what was it like to rewrite the Balto movie? Why did you end up deciding to do that? Oh, actually, uh, that was either my fourth or my fifth one that I did, and I can't remember exactly which one it was. But at the time, I uh, I wanted to make sure, you know, I when I wrote Jenna's Journey, I never intended on writing this many of them. I figured I'd write one and be done with it. 
Um, but since I got into it and I discovered, hey, you know, there's a fan base for this and, you know, it's going to be a big deal, I wanted to get it correct. So what I did was I took the script, staying close to what they wrote, I tried to write, like, what the characters were feeling. It was kind of my way of getting inside the characters' heads. And okay. I, it's been a little while since I've read it, um, but I was wondering, how much did you deviate from the plot? Any deviations you made, um, do you feel that it was an improvement over what was done in the film? Um, really, I didn't deviate from it much at all. Um, I went a little in a different direction a little bit, I think, in what uh, Jenna was thinking and a little bit of her backstory that wasn't in the movie. Um, and I just kind of wanted to flesh out her character a little bit and, and explain why she felt the way she did. And uh, I really, w one of the greatest uh, things that I liked about Jenna was in the movie when she attacks the bear that, that's attacking Balto. Uh -huh. Because up until that, you've seen Jenna as this very feminine, very quiet, you know, trying to impress her friends kind of character. And that's the moment where she shows that she has this little bit of Amazon inside of her, you know, that she attacks this bear to save somebody that that uh, she, she knew that the, the public wouldn't care about and, in fact, would put her down for. But it was kind of her taking a stand on what she, you know, all of a sudden believed was right. And I, I think that really, uh, really defined her character. Okay. Uh, I think it was definitely an improvement. Okay. Next question. This is from Renton0915. Are you still planning on writing Balto fanfics? Yes, I am. Um, actually, my current one, To Love a Stranger, I know it's been in the works for quite a while. Um, it's kind of run into just about everything that can stop a story from being written. There for a while, I uh, didn't have a computer when I was in California. My computer crashed, and I finally got a new one. And then I decided that my current girlfriend wasn't going to be uh, working out. And we, I moved across the nation to New Jersey. And so that whole transition took a little while to get over. And then after that, my computer crashed again, and I lost it. Um, and just time happens. and again... I lost it or something. So, yes, I am still working on it. I just got a new laptop for Christmas, actually. So I started it, and hopefully, since I have a laptop and I don't have to be at home to write, you know, I can take it to college, and on my off time I can write. I'll get some work done on that. Um, but, yes, I do intend on continuing them. Um, I will tell you that the next couple stories are going to be something else. Um they're, they have things in store that I don't think my readers are, are going to see coming. Okay. I guess I better look forward to be surprised then, huh? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a game changer. <laughs> On that note, um, Berkshire736 would like to know, do you have any personal favorites among your stories? Well, actually, uh, I thought about that in uh, getting ready for this. And my favorites would have to be, uh, I've always liked the uh, A Broken Trust story. Uh, I really liked the uh, the way that, uh, you know, he had to prove himself and the 
the uh, the characters in it and whatnot, it, it really came really well. It's one of my early ones. Um, for a middle way through, it would be uh, who she is, and that reason, uh, the reason for that is that that's the story that uh, I actually sat down and figured out the whole uh, making Anayu a divine uh, character, and that uh, that was actually born out of um, wondering why Anayu in the second one could turn into a bird or could you know just disappear into the wind like she did. They never really explained that whole fact. And then why Alu had to run across the ocean. They never explained that either. They kind of left a lot of the conclusion out of that one. And uh, so I was starting to think, well, what was she had done over there? And, you know, what was this thing with Anayu? And I eventually came with this divination uh, kind of idea. And that was actually a lot of, of fun to craft. And then, obviously, it had an impact on the rest of my storyline. But... My absolute favorite have to be the Anayu trilogy, uh, specific Grace of Our Father. Uh, it really, really came together, I think, the best out of all of them. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely a great story. have read it several times since you've posted the final chapter. <laughs> I actually started a... I have a program on the computer called Text Aloud that allows me to put type into the screen and then it'll I actually go to sleep every night listening to that um, because it, it kind of keeps my brain on you know on task or whatever. Even while I'm sleeping, sometimes I'll dream about it or whatever, and that's how I get some of my more creative ideas. But uh, I actually started listening to uh, uh, Grace of Our Father again, and I had forgotten exactly how you know how much I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a great story. HMX Taylor Lee actually has several questions for you. She just said he, I'm sorry, he just said to pick one, but I just feel like saying them all because they're all very good questions. First question, who is your favorite character to write for? Or I guess another way to say it is, which character do you enjoy writing the most? Well, that would have to be Alu. I always liked Alu. I always liked her character uh, in the movie, and I liked her because she was a very strong female character, and she started out being very, um, I wouldn't say like a bad actor, but she was, she needed guidance, you know, she was, uh, she was very much kind of a loose cannon kind of character, and she really went through ages in the movie that showed her potential. And I was really kind of upset Universal for just kind of throwing her away the way they did, um, invest a, a, a reader or a viewer's attention on a character like that and get him to love it and whatnot, it would have been a lot more um, appropriate for them to have kept her around in some way to be able to at least mention her in the third one. Um, that's why one of the first things I did was bring her back. Um, but yes, uh, Alu would have to be be about my, my favorite um, canon character to write for. My favorite of my characters is actually becoming Dash, uh, Balta's son, and he's really kind of come into his own as a as a leader and and grown into that position. And um, a lot of times in my stories, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Uh, I don't sit down and plan them out, you know, do an outline and and before I write, I write um, off the top of my head uh, because I think that. If I sit there and I say, okay, what is Baldur going to do in this situation? And I think about it for two weeks. 
and then write something. Well, yeah, it may be a good idea. It may uh, it may be the best solution, but it wouldn't be the one he would have thought of because he only had 30 seconds to make it. Uh, so one of the things I'm committed to is writing in the moment, and I never, ever go back and change something that I wrote. If it turns out to be a bad thing that puts them in harm's way or something, they're just going to have to figure out how to deal with it. But, um, I think that keeps them a little more realistic. I chose Dash. He was, he was a likely candidate, but I wasn't really sure how his character would fit as a leader in that, in that way. And he's really, he's really come up and, and really uh, come into his own as a leader, and, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where he goes from here. Yeah, <laughs> I think all your readers are looking forward to that, too. Several questions seem to have arisen at once right now. Let's see. Picking it out, I guess we should start with one that shouldn't take you too long to answer. Tova wants to know, Many users feel that your stories have underlying racism, mainly you're killing off black wolves before white ones. What is your response to that? Well, in the Anayu trilogy is the only time that I can really um, think that, you know, that, that they would have been like that, or perhaps darkness with shade being black. But uh, I know the enemies in my characters are from, um, well, the ultimate enemy kind of demons or Satanistic type of characters that are from hell. Um, the reason that the... Uh, that the... Uh, Shadow Clan was black is because well they were called the Shadow Clan and and they were representative of these demons from hell which is burning so you know kind of like ash characters and uh, yeah I, I can assure you there's no racism intended I'm probably about the most non-racist person you'll ever meet yeah I, I thought about that uh, when I was writing it it did occur to me a little bit so yeah it is a good question. Yeah, I certainly don't uh, don't think less of a person for asking it. <laughs> Back to HMX Taylor Lee's questions. What sort of struggles do you have writing for a set of characters that already have defined personalities, referring to the main cast, not custom characters? What are the advantages and disadvantages of writing for prefabricated characters compared to those you devise yourself? And I guess in non-lawyer language, that would be, is it difficult at all to... Uh, to write a canon character and their personality and what they might do in a situation. Is it more difficult or about the same level of difficulty or even less difficult than your own characters? And um, how does that relate to your universe? Well, at the beginning, uh, it was harder to write the, the canon characters um, just because my own characters, you know, are mine. I, I know them frontwards and backwards and what they would do and whatnot. Um, whereas the canon characters, you kind of have to look back at the designer's intent. Um, but now, and, and even, you know, a couple years ago, by the time I hit my sixth or stuff, uh, Alto and Jenna and, you know, most of the canon characters had changed so much that uh, that they really weren't canon anymore, if you know what I mean. Um they really kind of had, you know, my fingerprint on them or whatever. But yeah, I, I would say it, it's harder to write for characters that have a defined personality. Um, I really hit that problem in the Anayu trilogy when I brought uh, Draco and Kat's characters, Achak uh, and Kiona, into my universe. Um, I actually did that on uh, request. And that was actually probably the most difficult that I ever had writing for a character 
because Achak and Kiona are so well defined by Cat and Drago. You know, I didn't want to mess it up, certainly, but it was it was very hard to write those two characters because they weren't my own. You know, I kind of I had to do a lot of research into their stories and and uh, probe their minds a lot on a lot of MSN conversations uh, about you know what a character would do in this situation and whatnot. Uh, so. Yeah, I would say it's it's much harder to write for predefined characters than it is one that you created yourself. Okay. A uh, question that just appeared on this chat now is, do you write only Balta stories? I guess, are you, do you write fan fiction for other films, or are you trying to write some original work? Well, I've done a little bit of original work, yes. Um, most of my stuff is Balto because that's what I found an audience for. Um I really enjoy making my readers happy, and uh, so I, I've done a lot of a lot of Balto, but I have written a few original things. Most recently, if you don't mind uh, a little bit of blood and, and gore and you know a much more violent um, atmosphere, I wrote one. And if you send me a PM on the site, I can send you a link to it. It's on another site uh, about an anthropomorphic furry cast that gets caught in a uh, zombie apocalypse. And it actually came out really well. Um, I wrote it about eight months ago, I think, while I was trying to come up with ideas for uh, To Love a Stranger. But that's probably the biggest one that I've done. Uh, on Balto's, I wrote a story called A Story of a Wolf. Actually, I believe it's still on the forums if you search for it. It was posted uh, like three years ago. Um, it's originally, it's going to be a trilogy. Right now, I've only got the first one done. But uh, it's it's an original story, kind of based around the same idea of Alu and her, her clan. But, you know, my own characters and my own story. The majority of my stories are Balto stories. Because I love I love the characters that I've been able to create in the world that, that I've painted there. Plus, I just, I really like the response from my readers. Okay. Do you take story suggestions? I'm open to suggestions. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, I don't do commissions. I, I'm, I'm not going to say that if you give me an idea, I will definitely write it. But uh, if you ever have a, an idea, it might spark an inspiration. If you PM me uh, on the site or or uh, send me an email, I believe my email is in my uh, profile on the site, um, couldn't hurt. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Do you find yourself inspired by other forms of media to craft a story? That's a definite yes. Um, there's been numerous stories that I've written um, that, you know, they came to me um, while I was watching something else. When Things Are Not As They Seem is a, is a really good example of that. Um, it's the one where Jenna meets a, a new dog named uh, Togo, and Balto has to leave on a trip, and Balto really doesn't like Togo, but he really can't do anything about it. He's about to be crazy. You know, he, he thinks he is Balto. And uh, and that was actually, I believe, Oprah that I saw it in the Chow Hall in the Marine Corps. I saw an, an Oprah about, about a guy that, that came into a woman's house and thought he was her husband. And, and he was actually, you know, mentally, well, mentally challenged isn't the right word, uh, psychologically had a problem. And uh, I thought, well, that would be really interesting for my stories. Um, but that's happened a lot, um, enough times that I couldn't list them all. Uh, but yes, uh, inspiration comes from everywhere. Um, if you're looking to write a story, the, the number one thing that I would say to get ideas is just keep your eyes open. 
I mean, there's great stories everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, I pulled up a fanfic here, Jenna, Memoir of a Hero, which is basically... <laughs> how would you describe this? Well, Memoir of a Hero, I was kind of thinking uh, forward. I, at that, that point, I, I had kind of run out of ideas for my current timeline, and I still wanted to write. So I thought forward, and I thought, well, what would it be like if Balto wasn't here anymore? And uh, so I wrote it as kind of a standalone, this is a possible end, you know, to this story. It came out well. Um, I'm not exactly, you know, uh, I'm not exactly sure that I like the way Balto, you know, left the world. At the time, my thought process was, well, he's a hero, you know, he deserves to be fought enough or whatever. But it, it seems to me like, you know, he, he would go out defending someone or, you know, with a purpose, you know, not just getting old and falling over in the couch. Uh, yeah, that was more or less born out of a writer's block on my stories and just thinking ahead. I think we all hate writer's block. Yeah, yes, definitely. Uh, it, it also, uh, one other thing that I, that I had forgotten until just now was uh, I was also looking for Jenna's take on the events of the movie. What would it have been like to have seen it through her eyes? And if you remember in the movie, or in the in the movie, I wish it was a movie, in the story, uh, she she uh, starts talking to her granddaughter, I believe, and she tells her about Balto and tells him tells her about basically reiterates the events of the first movie, but it's Jenna telling the story. So you kind of see parts where she wasn't on screen. You see what she was doing and thinking and whatnot. That was kind of a, a thing I always wanted to do, too, so that gave me an opportunity to do that. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think a bunch of people have noted this, is that in Memoirs of the Hero, sorry, I had the wrong date, last night when we were talking about it, it's actually 1941 that you made Balto die, and most people have pointed out the real Balto died eight years before that, and I was going to address how you were going to fix that, or if you were going to fix it at all, but I guess you just answered that, huh? Yeah, well, um, I'm trying uh, at this point with with all the spiritual that has entered into my stories with the 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 fight, you know, the eternal fight between Adair and Shade and whatnot. Uh, keeping things to a uh, standard has kind of went out the window. Not to say that my stories aren't going to be realistic, but as far as looking in it and saying, well, the Robalto died now, so he has to die now. It's become more fiction, you know, based very loosely on fact than, than you know, a, a basic retelling like the uh, the first movie was. But yes, that that is an issue that, that I am aware of. Um, Balto currently is 18 years old, which is pretty old for dogs. So, yeah, we may be addressing that. Not quite sure at this moment in time. <laughs> okay. Um, new question that came up. We're in 10 again wants to know something that I'm actually pretty curious about myself. Why did you put an incest story into your universe, particularly the story of forbidden love concerning Everest and Seba, who are Balto's you know, children? Forbidden love is actually probably the closest story that I had, and it's also the time that I'm happiest on the site. Uh, real quick, I would like to say thank you. I don't know how many uh, the people that are listening were around when A Forbidden Love was uh, taken off the site uh, several years ago, but 
I was uh, working at the ammo depot at that point on Camp Lejeune. I was still in the Marine Corps. And I only had like every three days that I could get on a computer because I was on post all the rest of the time. And so I put a, uh, I put a post on the forums and said, hey, you know, what do you think? If you don't want it, fine. If you do, speak up and let the mods know or whatever. And I left. And when I came back, there were like 180 replies of people defending this story and, and defending me and whatnot. And it actually did get reposted. So I'd like to take a minute to thank everybody that, that uh, supported me in that. Uh, the reason that A Forbidden Love was written and that it was actually uh, really close to me, the reason I defended it so much, is because it's almost based on a uh, true story. Uh, I knew a, uh, a brother and sister who, in the Marine Corps, who were way closer than a brother and sister should be. And the brother joined the Marine Corps to get out, and he, uh, he actually became one of my best friends. And he, uh, he left the United States completely because he knew that if he stuck around, something would happen that he didn't want to happen. So this story was kind of a, a what if he, went, he had went back before he you know, figured things out and was able to control himself kind of thing. It was uh, one of the only stories that I've read about people that I knew. And, uh, you know, a real story that was real to me. And uh, because I, I set up a lot of nights talking to him, you know, about how to control himself and whatnot. And uh, got his permission to use it for a story. And uh, that, that's basically where the inspiration came from. Okay. Um, I guess on that note, well, um, you pretty much ended Everest and Saba pretty quickly um, and suddenly in the Anaya trilogy. And... We haven't heard from them since, so why so drastic and sudden? That was kind of uh, written into the story. If you remember, um, Saba and Everest wound up taking over Lou's position as leader of the Talborn for a time, and she was actually groomed in that by Anaya herself. Um, that was one of the things that that enabled Shade to um, make an IU fall uh, was that she accepted something she shouldn't have. That she chose someone as her champion that, you know, lived in, um, if you want to call it sin, I, mean, I guess that's an appropriate um, description. Uh, but the, uh, the reason that she's because she didn't fit, uh, not only, you know, was, was her choice, Anaya's choice of her wrong, but she also didn't fit as leader. She didn't feel right. And it was kind of one of those things where, you know, I couldn't, in this one, I couldn't go back. Even if I wanted to go back and, and write it out, uh, I couldn't because the story had already been posted. So I kind of had to make a decision about, well, I want to get somebody else back in there. I want to get Lou back in there. So, you know, she's got to go. And it made sense with the uh, with the Shadow Clan attacking that um, they would kill her. Okay, well, I guess that has answered a question I've been wondering for quite some time. Okay, the final question from HMX Taylor Lee: What's your best way to overcome writer's block? One of the things that I do is, um, like I said, number one, pay attention to everything around you. Uh, it could be 
uh, a comment that you overhear at the food court in the mall that somebody says, oh, you know, this was really messed up when this happened to my sister. You know, bang, there's a there's an idea for a story, you know. What, you know, if that's something that catches your mind or, you know, you wonder, wow, you know, I wonder why or how that happened. Um, watch the news. Uh, I also will actually sit down and look at where my storyline is currently and just start sketching out every possible thing that I can think of that they could do after that. Um, even if it's just absolutely absurd, you know, just getting it down is something. And um, either that or just start writing. Um, just don't really have a story in mind. Just start writing about Balto running through the snow and where does he go? And where does he go from there and why does he go there? And you know the story out of just a simple sentence Balto running through the snow, you know, in a fierce wind. Just just write, write what you can when you can um, and see where it takes you. Uh, a story is very much a living, breathing thing, creating it. And, you know, I, I hate the idea that, that they try to shove in us in college, which is, you know, if you're going to write a paper, if you're going to write a story, you need to sit down and, you know, Roman numeral one, you know, Balto goes to Nome. You know, big A, little A, B, C, D. You really don't need to do that as a writer. In fact, it a lot of times it comes out as stilted as a professional paper or something and not a creative story that that just uh, comes to life. Uh, you want to just sit down and, and just write a paragraph about what he's doing that day. You know, it doesn't have to be interesting. It doesn't have to be epic. But it can get that way. You know, when, when somebody wakes up and, and go through a fantastic journey or, you know, an, a horrible circumstance, they don't know that it's going to happen that day. So, you know, just sit down and write something mundane and see where it takes you. A question that was asked a while back that I haven't thought of. Why do you write such long stories? I mean, each one of these is a book. Right. Um, well, Jenna's journey... When I first set out to write it, to write it uh, I really um, intended for it to be seen by anybody else. I was writing it for my own uh, opinion. Um, I'm, you know, just creative, see where we go from here kind of thing. And so I, uh, I just kept writing, and, and the more I wrote, the more the characters grabbed me, and I just kept writing and writing, and I really never thought that I could... Uh, that I would finish the thing. Jenna's Journey, actually, I started writing it toward the end of my 8th grade year, and I didn't finish it until, like, the day before I left for boot camp. And it was it was crazy. Uh, it just took so long. And uh, after that, um, I would say, I know I've seen a lot of things in, in the fan section about people writing little stories, you know, they're like a page long, and people be like, why are you writing this, it's too short, and whatever. Well, what determines a story's length isn't necessarily, you know, how long it is, is how good it is. Um, you know, I could write 200 pages of absolute garbage, but what determines a story's length is what you're telling, you know, how far do you need to go to, to tell a story. And it just seems like once I get started writing, I just continue and continue, and you know, more ideas come, and, and uh, the length just comes. Um, really, the only short one that I've written was my little uh, kind of side show 
uh, speed was really short <laughs> compared to my other ones. Uh, but yeah, they they uh, they just always seem to to just grow on me. <laughs> okay, Renton wants to know what will your next story be. Well, the story is actually entitled uh, "To Love a Stranger," and um, without going into t- too much detail and giving it away, uh, it will focus on uh, if you read the uh, Anayu trilogy, Steel was second chance and uh, made mortal again um, and given a goal by Anayu, you know, to uh, a friend and, and get Balto and Jenna to forgive him for his past wrongs. And uh, so it's going to involve Steel and how he's taking uh, his new uh, his new life and, you know, how much he's changed and what he's learned. And um, obviously in the title, it's going to involve some kind of romance. But yeah, it's going to center more in Gnome uh, and around you know Balto, Jenna, Steel, and and a few of my other characters there. In Gnome. Why did you make Anayu a thousand years old, and where did you get that plot line? Oh yes, that's actually one that I hope somebody would ask. <laughs> uh, the reason that I hope somebody would ask that is because it's uh, one of the things that I really like about my stories. The reason that, that I, I made her uh, thousands of years old uh, was in the second Balto movie, Anayu has some unexplainable powers uh, that are just completely... Uh, and at the very end of it, of course, she says, you know, Balto says, what's left now, or what do I do now? And she says, only the journey home, my son, and then vanishes into smoke and some kind of spectacular thing. Well, I was wondering why the wolves revere her as the great Anayu, you know, the great white wolf, and what's so special about Anayu? And why, you know, is if she is like a goddess, why was Balto her son? So I kind of had to take these puzzle pieces that, that uh, Universal had given me that had various edges on them and cut my own edges into them. If you want to think of it in biblical terms, you can think of it as Anayu is almost like Michael the angel, or Gabriel the archangel. She's an archangel to, or to the greater good character. And um, she uh, actually, in who she is, it's mentioned that um, she was the first wolf ever created. And when she died, um, when she had been here and she died, she was chosen as a representative for good among the animals of the world. And it was just my way of tying up all the loose ends that, that uh, Universal left at the end of the second movie. Okay, I guess that answers that question pretty solidly. That was pretty much the assumption I had, and I'm sure a bunch of other people had, but thanks for clarifying it. How much time and effort do you spend uh, working on your fan fictions or any of your works of fiction? Well... Actually, uh, lately I haven't been able to devote nearly as much time as I would like. Uh, when I actually got to, uh, when I actually was in the military and I had a lot of free time, there were times that you know my whole weekend would be spent typing. I would type for 18 hours a day, you know, and, and six to eight on the uh, on the evenings that I was working, and um, it was just that I really enjoyed it. You know, it, it was. Uh, it was something that I really had fun with. And um, 
you know, that was back when uh, Who She Is, what we were just talking about when I crafted uh, a naive divinity. Uh, That story took me all of like two weeks to write. Um, And if I have the time to commit to it like that, I love it. But uh, real life has a way of coming and kicking you in the seat of the pants and not letting you do stuff like that. Why do you put biblical teachings into your stories? Well, that's actually an interesting question. Um, I was actually raised, uh, well, now I realize, a fundamentalist Protestant Christian. And so that's the area that I'm most familiar with as far as spiritualism goes. It's not necessarily what I believe now. Uh, I'm actually leaning more toward a Buddhist uh, point of view myself. But uh, but that, that's basically where it comes from, is that uh, it's where I'm most familiar with. Do you ever feel limited in scope because of the time and place uh, Balto's stories occur? Not, well, not really. Um, there's plenty of things that can happen in the 20s, 30s, and, and 40s timeline uh, that, that, you know, I, I never really feel the need to running around in planes or anything. Um, thing that I w- would say, you know, started to limit me was when I decided to do the uh, the spiritualistic stuff. I kind of had to reason with myself whether or not, you know, that uh, not whether or not it belonged in Balto because of the the religious uh, aspect, but whether or not it was too far out there. If you were the one deciding, would you say that your stories tend to be more comic or tragic? Uh, definitely tragic. I have a very definite block on comedy. Um, something that was funny that made you laugh, it was probably on accident. <laughs> uh, that's why you'll notice that Boris and, and Luck kind of exited from my stories pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm very much a drama... Uh, tragedy, romance oriented. Actually, um, Renton actually had it pretty good. They, they actually do resemble uh, tragic soap operas. That's <laughs> a very good analogy. Okay, yeah. I, I, I'm just pointing out something that I mentioned last night uh, in Skype is your most recent fic is called Balto when the going gets tough, but Balto doesn't appear in it at all. Just something I'd like to throw out there. Yeah, that that's right. Um, I just I had named all of my stories Balto colon something other than uh, Memoir of a Hero was Jenna because you know Balto was died uh, died, but uh, yeah I just I kept the the uh, current going so they were all in order on my computers basically why. Okay, Balto eleven ninety six would like to know: Are any of your fanfics influenced by your experience in the military? <laughs> Well, actually, uh, on both of those notes, I'll answer both of those. Um, yes, they uh, they are. Uh, the the story uh, line about him and how he deals with things um, as far as tactics are very so, uh, influenced and some of it basically taken out of the military. Um now, 
I'm not sure if that was serious or not, but the repeal of the, the don't ask, don't tell thing, yes, it did make me happy. Um, I am not homosexual, but I will say that, you know, they deserve their uh, their rights just like everybody else. Okay, well, do you ever think that you'll stop writing Balta fanfics? I really don't know on that one. Um, I'm going to continue to write them until I either don't have ideas or don't feel the inspiration anymore. I don't write them for me anymore. Uh, the ones that I write them for are all of you out there listening. Um, so, you know, as long as you guys keep supporting me, I'll keep writing them. <laughs> as long as you guys want to hear stories, I'll keep telling them. Because it's it's really, it is the, the when I post the new one on the phone and I see the people that, you know, say it made them cry or it made them laugh or whatever, that's, that's, uh, that's why I write them. It's to touch people. So as long as you guys want them, I'll keep writing them. Redton wants to know, why did you make Balto Darkness brutal? Um, Balto Darkness being the name of the fanfic. So why did you make the fanfic Darkness brutal? Well, at that point in time, um, if you remember uh, the one, um, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it now. <laughs> the the one where uh, Steel first uh, showed up again. Think of what it's called. It's horrible because it's my story. Yeah, when when Steel came back, uh, he was basically a murderer, and I wanted to conclude his storyline uh, by killing him. You know, by having Jenna, you know, kill him because he was a horrible uh-huh. character. And uh, so when I made her him, him uh, the Calburn clan, I decided that. I think that censoring blood and gore is more wrong than showing it. Let me put it this way. If you were to watch Looney Tunes, where uh, Daffy Duck gets shot by uh, Elmer Fudd and laughs it off, or a nine-year-old saving Private Ryan, the DDA invasion scene, I think that the uh, Elmer Fudd would be more damaging to the child. Because it doesn't present an accurate depiction of what happens when you, someone gets shot. Um, I've never tried to censor my stories on a basis because of that fact. Everybody's going to be a ton of blood there. So, you know, I mean, if you don't realize that fact, either you're lying to yourself or, you know, you're trying to uh, live in a world where we can censor, you know, what's real. And... You know, I mean, if you're going to write about it, you might as well write about it realistically, basically. Due to the oversensitive nature of all stories, have you ever censored your stories to prevent drama on the site? And I guess that I could probably answer that for you and say um, your stories have created drama, but I don't think they, um, I don't think that was your intention. <laughs> yeah, one of them definitely did, and that was A Forbidden Love. At the time that I posted it, there was no problem with it, for one thing. It wasn't until almost a year after, you know, when we passed the whole uh, no sexual deviance and whatever that they took it off. But even if I had known that um, that it wouldn't be... Yes, I have to a point. Um, there was one point in when a mistake is made, when uh, Jenna... No, it wasn't when a mistake. Wow, I'm drawing a line on my own fanfics. The one, <laughs> the one where, where Jenna actually wound up uh, getting kicked out of Gnome, banished, 
and she went off to live with the wolf for a little while. When Balto came up to her and she said, you know, I'd love to go back with you. It's cool that I can go back, but I can't because, you know, I'm with this guy now and I can't just leave him because everything's okay. He said something to her. Oh, he said, uh, screw you or something like that. And, uh, and I did he- get a little bit of a backlash from the readers even in that, that they were like, well, Balto would never say that or whatever. Uh, I did definitely censor it because what I originally had wrote was a four-letter word that would not have been accepted on Balto's source. And um, I just felt that Balto was in the position that, that he, would, he would be at that point, that he would voice his opinion. Yes, I, I have censored them to a degree. Uh, I tend to see where the line is and ride right across the top of it. <laughs> okay. Very good answer to a very rough question. Besides fanfics or stories or whatever you do, writing in general, I guess, what do you want to be most remembered for? Most remembered for? Uh, number one is that I raised a great family. Um... You know, I, I don't care about a career. I don't care how much money I make or what kind of house I have. If I raise a great set of kids that I can be proud of, that's that's how it uh, how I would like to be remembered or how I will know if I have a success. What's your current job or occupation? Well, uh, currently I'm actually a full-time student. Um, I'm going to school on the uh, post-9/11 GI Bill, and um, uh, so the government, uh, since I served four years in the military, they uh, they actually pay me a monthly living stipend to go to school full time. So that's that's my current uh, employment. Okay, uh, I'm a student too, so I can definitely appreciate that. Uh, on BSer's comment, right quick uh, about kids, uh, I will have one uh, when I get married. My fiance has a child, a three year old son, and hopefully a few more. Yeah, I'll have a I'll have a stepson. Uh, what other work have you done on animation source besides just fanfics? Uh, I do have an art gallery. Uh, I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not too uh, too awful good at drawing Balto, uh dogs, uh, feral dogs. That's that's about it. Was uh, was the fanfics, and you know, I've done a little role playing on the forums and whatnot too. Um, I do love to draw. And I have uh, galleries on various sites outside of Baltosource. Um, I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with the furry community, but that's generally what I draw as uh, anthropomorphic uh, animal characters. Um, but on Baltosource, it's kind of limited to drawing screen caps because uh, I'm I'm not all that good with with uh, quadruped characters yet. Uh, Joey would like to know uh, what some of these sites are that we can find you. And I guess, um, to expand that even further, what are your usernames on said sites? Well, uh, I have a gallery on DeviantArt. I haven't updated it in a while. Uh, I'm working on doing that right now. I haven't had a scanner for a while, so I'm working on scanning in some of my new stuff now. Um, my most recent stuff can be found on Fur Affinity. And my username is cloud underscore trace. Cloud underscore trace dot deviantart.com. <laughs> he also comments, Joey also comments, maybe you should set up a fund to buy a scanner. <laughs> well, actually, uh, 
I got one for Christmas, so we're good. Yay. I got a scanner and a Wacom tablet, so I didn't have to use that. Okay. General question, I guess we probably could have asked at the beginning of this. How old are you? I am 26, uh, as of Monday. <laughs> yes, a happy birthday to you. I forgot to mention that. Okay, uh, uh, this is something that I have to do, so please bear with me. Happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. Hey! <laughs> That's my birthday song, though. Okay, what's your fur affinity username? Is it also um, Cloud or Trace, or...? Yes. All right. Oh, I was, I was just saying, Fur Affinity is a site. Um, well, to be honest, you have to be careful there, and I'm saying this because you know Baltasaurus has underaged uh, people on it. If you make a profile and enable the mature content or whatever, you will find mature stuff there. If you're a guest, then you won't see that you know that stuff. You have to actually go in and enable it. But do do exercise caution on there. Um, Fur Affinity is basically a site for people who like um, furry characters, cartoon characters, uh, cartoon-ish characters, whether they walk on two legs or four, like Balto. The animals who think like humans. Brenton, what's... Okay. Uh, okay, I guess this is more to do with this subject. What's your opinion on the politics of the furry community? And I guess you can answer that as you feel comfortable. Okay, uh, yeah, I actually, uh, <laughs> I think that, that furries are are very much kind of um, placed in a bad rap a little bit. Um, I know a few sites that have just banned anything furry because they say that they bring a lot of drama and, and things. Um, and, you know, when people throw insults at you every time that you post something, yeah, you tend to back. On a whole, as a whole, my experience with the nothing but a positive one. You know, there are bad apples out there, but that's true on Baltasaurus, too. I mean, we've had our share of nut jobs on that site, too. So, you know, it's the Internet. You're going to run into people that are crazy everywhere you go. But as a whole, I think they're a pretty good group. Okay. Um, back to one that Renton asked a little while ago. How do you handle people criticizing your work? Uh, I actually enjoy it. Um, I didn't used to. Before I went in the, into the military, I despised it. I hated, you know, being told that I was doing something wrong. Um, but now I invite criticism. If you ever think that something should have been done, I mean, I always ask. Uh, I always put up a question uh, at the top of my stories when I post time on the forums. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, I, I really would welcome uh, people's thoughts, whether good or bad. Uh, that's the only way you get better. A lot of times you're not going to look at yourself and see the faults. You have to have somebody else from the outside looking in and say, well, you know, I mean, this is your story. This is your baby. You're automatically going to think it's perfect, you know? Okay. Um, the Talkie trilogy, uh, pretty good trilogy. What gave you the inspiration for that? Actually, uh, Episode 3 did. Uh, Star Wars Episode 3, I should say. Uh, I saw it in the theater, and as I was walking back, um, I remember that fight between Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, Anakin Skywalker at the very end. It was such a emotional thing. You know, that's what I'm always getting. And uh, what I'm always trying to do in my story. So I was like, how could I top it? You know, how could I take something of that magnitude and top it? So I thought, well, what if instead of, a, you know, a best friend or a mentor, it was a father and son? And so I kind of wrote that one backwards in my head to the point where... 
you know, I, I knew where it was going to end before I knew where it was going to begin almost. Um, just not how it was going to get there. <laughs> um, that actually uh, brings up another thing I need to uh, address with everyone else, and that's uh, I don't know, I don't think anyone is really aware of it. Um, when I was in Okinawa, Japan, and during the time that I was writing that trilogy, uh, I went through a very difficult time where uh, I was actually suicidal for quite a while. The thing that kept me from uh, going through with it every time was you guys out there. Um, I was in the middle of the trilogy, and I couldn't leave you guys off like that. I'm not, you know, I'm not currently. Uh, I worked through it, and, you know, I'm, I'm better for it now, I believe. Uh, but just you never know what, uh, what kind of impact you're having on somebody. You know, you're, you guys uh, supporting me the way you did gave me the confidence and, you know, the ability to kind of uh, fight through that. Um, so that, that'll always be kind of a special, uh, special set of stories to me. <laughs> but, yeah, I just want to thank you all for all of your support, you know, throughout all the years that I've been writing. But, yeah, it was basically, uh, I saw episode three in the theaters, and I kind of wanted to emulate that kind of feeling they had at the end of it. And uh, I had kind of felt about doing a military-esque, um, you know, effects of the military on, on certain individuals kind of story. So uh, having Talki get disenchanted with it and whatnot was uh, was kind of in line with what I was looking forward to. Okay. Quick question that just popped up. Are you a brony? Uh, yes, actually, I am. Awesome. Uh, that is actually a very good little little show. Uh, it took me a while, I will admit. It took... Uh, I'm also on a program called Second Life. If you, if anyone ever gets on Second Life, I'm, I'm there. Um, one of uh, my character's kids on there was trying to get me to watch it for a long time. Uh, probably two to three months. And I kept saying, oh, no, that's, that's uh, you know, a little girl's thing or whatever. And she, I was hooked from the first day. We're not going to spend too much time on My Little Pony, but which one is your favorite? Uh, character? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rainbow Dash. Yeah. Without a doubt. That just Strong made, female character. That just made you about <laughs> 20% cooler. <laughs> uh, for those of you out there that, uh, I mean, this, this isn't really on topic, but for those of you out there that, uh, that like the, the My Little Pony uh, thing, if you've ever uh, been on a, a site... Uh, or a uh, program called, uh, as I was talking about before, Second Life. Uh, they have a My Little Pony uh, group and land that has uh, avatars and whatnot that look almost exactly like the show does. Um, and a pretty good little uh, community going there. If you're interested, you can actually get on as one of the characters and you know fly around, role play, or just talk about My Little Pony stuff or or whatever. Okay. It's a pretty neat little community. I'll be sure to check it out. Okay, uh, moving on from that, uh, let's see. There's this big question that I had before, and now I finally remember. Okay, um, when I first joined the site, I became quick friends with Steve for some odd reason. And I was talking with him about my fanfics, and how I was hoping to get them published, although now I no longer have that desire. Then he's saying, that sounds cool. This person <clears throat> is trying to get his false stories published as well. Uh, you should talk with him, so that's how I... And so, I was wondering, uh, you've already talked with me about this, but for everyone else, and for the record, where are you at with getting some 
also stories published, like in book form from Universal, as continuations, as official continuations of all those stories. Well, I had talked uh, with an independent publisher uh, about the uh, the idea of it. I sent them Jenna's Journey, and they really love the story. You know, they 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 love the the, the writing and whatnot. Um, but the problem is obviously their trademark characters. So we uh, we got in contact with Universal, and Universal was willing to uh, basically sell me the right to uh, produce the stories. But we ran into a wall where uh, Amblimation, that partnered with it and uh, Universal to make the first movie, when they uh, broke up, they're not sure exactly what happened to the copyrights, like if they were sold off or just resorbed or what. And uh, so for the last, I don't know, probably about a year and a half, two years, we've uh, been trying to figure this out and haven't so far. So if they ever figure out what happened to the copyrights to it, that might happen. <laughs> I don't know. At this point, it, it seems unlikely. If you end up getting something published, are you going to write a completely new story? Are you going to publish Jenna's Journey? Or what's your goal with that? Uh, if if I could, I would love to be uh, to to publish the uh, storyline that I have. It's just uh, I I can't imagine going back and starting from scratch. <laughs> it, uh, so much has happened, and uh, so much to like that that I would never be able to do it again. You know, just from the top of my head. Okay, um, Baloo nineteen ninety four points out that you have over nine thousand page views on your fanfic gallery, and uh, let me get the official count here. This is, of course, counting people who no longer belong to the site, but all in all, you have had 228 people who have favored your fanfic gallery, meaning that not only have they read your stories, they consider you one of the best authors on the site. And How does that make you feel, knowing that you have such a huge fan base of your own? It actually, that's why they're still being written. Um, if I had, no one had responded to it, I probably would have stopped. It makes me feel good. Um, it also, you know, it kind of uh, makes me, I guess you could say a little cautious because m my stuff is reaching a lot of people. You know, it's not like I'm writing it for one or two people. You know, I have to be careful about what, what I say because, well, um, I know it was a... Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the word, but a, uh, a question that wasn't really, I guess, serious. But like the question we were talking about earlier about, about the black wolves always dying, stuff like that becomes important when you start talking about, you know, a global uh, network. So, you know, it does kind of make me temper my, uh, you know, putting my actual opinions and theories. I have to be careful, you know, that I represent the right view. And... Uh, but it makes me feel really good, and uh, like I said, as long as you guys keep support, keep writing them, because that's what I'm writing them at this point, is uh, is because you all like them, and I like that you like them. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what most writers say, but probably because it's true, universally. To rephrase this question that's being asked, is there any particular way that you... Uh, advertise your stories, or does the traffic just sort of come naturally? Um, try to keep up to date on, only on 
you know, progressive stories, but I also kind of post, you know, little things about my personal life, too, like, hey, moving to New Jersey on the uh, actual gallery itself. But other than that and uh, posting, uh, I always, when I finish a story, I post it on the forums, you know, and my gallery, that way that the forum readers can read it. But uh, that's really about all I do, really. Uh, are you hoping to be more involved in animation source? Most people have noticed that you've gone a little by the wayside, m- meaning that you don't post as often as you used to. Are you hoping to sort of get back to being on as often as you used to be, or are you just content with writing your stories offline and replying to stuff every now and then whenever you think about it? Well, uh, I really uh, <laughs> I haven't been on lately because I've uh, been really busy in, in real life and had several different issues with uh, computers. But uh, it is on my uh, to-do list to, to become more active in the community. I really enjoyed being a part of it uh, when I was in the military, and, and I really need to uh, kind of get back in touch with everybody, um, you know, find out how all the, the people that I knew are doing and who the new ones uh, are. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of being in touch with my readers that, that kept me writing. So I think... Uh, Getting back in touch with them will ensure, you know, that, that I stay on as far as story goes and whatnot. So I am planning on uh, to become a little more <laughs> on the side again. What are your other big interests besides just Monza? Waiting? Well, uh, a lot of things. Um, I kind of have a floating interest, is what I like to call it. Um, I kind of... I'll get really interested in one thing for a period of six months or so, and I'll learn everything I can about it, and then I'll find something else. Um, that with dog setting, sailing, golf, drawing, um, lots and lots of things. Um, really, drawing is one of the things that stuck with me. Uh, I love to draw, and I'm actually getting a little better <laughs> than I was. But uh, I also enjoy cooking. I love to cook. Um, and I'm a passionate video game player. <laughs> okay, on that subject, what's your favorite video game? Uh, well, actually, my favorite. Um, at the moment, I'm actually playing the first Mass Effect. Um, I got the second one like hey, two years ago, and played through it and really liked it, and missed out on the first one the first time around. So since the third one was coming out, I decided to play the first one. Um, but my all-time best game ever game would have to be Skyrim. Uh, got it at the day and played it for about 72 hours without sleeping. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my word. You did sort of answer this, but not really. You've already written one follow-up story to the Anaya Trilogy or the more to come, and by that I guess I'll split it up even further by saying the one that you wrote about is purely on Dash. Are you hoping to write one on specifically Balto, specifically I will say that the uh, the events that that happened in the Nayu trilogy are going to continue continue to uh, kind of reverberate across the next probably three or four stories. Um, so you haven't heard the last of you know what's going on there. Um, in fact, my newest uh, story actually opens up with. Uh, Anayu's conversation with Steel at the end of the Anayu trilogy. Um, yeah, you're, you're going to 
be here. You know that effects it's going to have for quite a long time. Wow. A little curious as to the design of Shadow. Every time I keep reading it, I see the word Shadow, and automatically my mind thinks of this dark, uh, if not black, you know, at least a brown wolf. And his description is more of a reddish. For one, Shadow is, you know, um, pretty much the most common name for a loose mate in any fanfic that would include mine. But where did you get the uh, design, and I guess we could add the name for Shadow? Originally, Shadow was going to be Balto's brother. <clears throat> in fact, uh, Shadow was supposed to die in Jinnah's journey. <laughs> uh, you know, was where my thought was going. When, when, the bear, uh, when the bear attacked him, he wasn't supposed to get away and come back later. Uh, I just, I liked his character so much that, you know, I decided, well, I didn't write it in, so I'm going to bring him back. Uh, as to where I got the name Shadow from, uh, given, you know, his looks, um, that actually came directly from Homeward Bound. This is my favorite dog character before Balto, was the Golden Retriever Shadow. And uh, so I made him kind of an orange-red, you know, golden-ish color, and named him Shadow. Uh, yeah, Homeward Bound, definitely a, uh, a a great movie. I grew up watching it. So, uh, let's see. Joey would like to know two questions, the first of which is, do you watch Pound Puppies? I, other than just knowing what the toys are, I've never seen the show, so I really can't say that, that I would like it or not, um, because I've never seen it, so. Okay, and... We're all over in this interview. No particular subject we're staying on. But that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> what helps you to get into uh, a frame of mind to write? Uh, is there something special that you do, or do you just sit down and start writing? And something else I'd like to know is, do you, do you write on a piece of paper and then transfer it to the computer, or do you just sit down at a keyboard and start typing? Let me start with the, uh, the mind frame one. Uh, yes, there. I do have, I guess you could say, a system for getting myself in the mood to write. And uh, basically what I'll do is I'll uh, sit down, figure out what the general theme of my story is going to be, if it's going to be sad or action-packed or whatever. And I'll pick out two or three, sometimes just one, uh, song that that kind of makes me feel that emotion. And then from then until the end of the story, the only time I listen to that song is when I'm writing. And, and I'll usually listen to it on repeat, you know, loud enough that I can't hear anything else outside. And uh, what that does, it trains my brain to, uh, whenever I hear that song, it kind of pops the back into my mind. Like, it makes me think about it because I'm associating uh, those thoughts, that storyline with that song. And uh, it seems to work pretty good. Um in addition to giving me something to listen to during the, uh, the process. Um, now, uh, the second one, uh, what was that again? <laughs> I lost it. Yeah, I, I'm trying to... Trying to oh, paper. That's right. Um, actually, uh, I do sometimes write on paper. Oh. Uh, I am a... I'm an avid... Uh, animal lover, but I'm also an avid hunter when I'm in the country. It's kind of hard to hunt here in New Jersey, 30 miles from New York City. Yeah, when I would go out hunting, uh, I would actually take notebook paper out with me and 
right until I saw something. <laughs> if it was boring out there, I'd just sit down and like... But I actually detest writing on paper, because then I have to regurgitate it when I get home. Uh, I will do it if it's the only thing that I have. And HMX wants to know, again, sort of a long question, do you think your stories would be as successful if they weren't Balter-related? Like, say, if a story was a completely fictional setting with no fan base. The only one that I would say I think would be is Talborn. Um But it would be hard to tie them all together. Uh, the Talborn, uh I had actually considered taking a lot of the Talborn stories and just, you know, cut and pasting a loose name out of it and trying to publish it. Um, because there are a few that, that, you know, don't even touch the canon characters outside of a Lou. Um So I think they would do well. But the uh, the others, I'm not sure. Um, I would hope so, but <laughs> I don't know for sure. Apparently Joey's from New Jersey as well. Are you comfortable telling where you're from in New Jersey, at least, you know, what section? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. Uh, I live in Woodridge, just outside Hackensack. Let's see, okay. Jazzy Wolf would like to know, on the subject of music, you said that you use it often when writing. In regard to that, is there any particular genre you listen to for inspiration? Well, it, it actually depends on the story itself. I try to, to make the music make me feel the feelings that I want to get across to my readers. So if I'm list- if I have a uh, action-packed scene, I might listen to you know some hard rock or you know something like that. If I'm wanting to feel all giddy and whatnot, I might listen to electronica or techno, romantic stuff, obviously love songs or tragic stuff, you know breakup songs or slow piano movies or something like that. Um, it's just kind of to get the the atmosphere where you're feeling it yourself, and then you can kind of uh, communicate it in your stories a little better. Kind of think about, the way that I think about it is, if the story, if the scene you were writing right now was in a movie, what would the soundtrack be like? What would be playing in the background? And, you know, pick a song that would fit that. Okay, here's a good question. What do you think makes a good fanfic? Good fanfic? Well, number one, it tells a story that it wants to tell. In that I mean, um, you know, it, it can be one page long. If the whole story was about Balto walking down the street and meeting his best friend and going home, and you can do that in a page, then more power to you. You know, that that tells the story that you wanted to tell. It really, it it comes down to quality, really. Um, And and that's both in grammar. Grammar is something that you really have to focus on. Um, It's something that I had to focus on. If you had seen Jenna's Journey before I posted it, uh, it was there wasn't any punctuation in it whatsoever, other than periods. I basically had to go through it and reread it and and put punctuation in it so I didn't look like a doofus when I posted it on the internet. Um, but it was a combination of wanting to you know look professional and look good on the internet, and uh, I was also going to uh, paralegal classes in the Marine Corps that were obviously uh, very English you know grammar. But that is something important. One thing that I do pay attention to when uh, when I'm reading stories, you don't notice it when it's there, but you do notice it when it's not. Um, the other thing is just make sure it communicates what you want to communicate. You know, don't don't look at it and think, well, you know, are people going to like this? You know, it's your creation. You want to look at it and say, did I do what I set out to do in this? And you know, if you did, if you set out to do what you meant to do, and that was tell some kind of a good story, then people are going to like it. You know, you, you can't worry about 
about whether or not they're going to like it. You have to just do the best you can do, and everything else is, is up to them. How do you develop your stories? Do you organize your ideas and then glue them together, or do you improvise? Uh, well, uh, I, I do more improvising than anything. Um, sometimes I'll have a general idea, but, you know, sometimes I want a specific idea in mind for the middle or back or whip and see, uh, you know, see how I'm going to get more than anything nice because that's what you have to do in real life. I mean, how do you get to uh, look forward for a very long time, you know, to decide something at your seconds? You can prepare, but you can change things because then you're kind of defeating so you mentioned in your fanfics you have a that you you referenced a bunch of guns specifically, like you'd call a bunch of guns by name, and I was wondering, does that mean you have a fascination with guns? Well, uh, uh, I'm in the country. I had a 22 when I was uh, uh, about six years old, seven years old. I was out hunting, uh, and so yes, I, I do have. I love the way that they work, messing around with them. I'm not ready to give up mine until they just... A lot of uh, the specific firearms came from the military. Uh, we learned a lot about about guns and, you know, different shells to do and whatnot, so I applied that knowledge to uh, to my fanfics. Uh, it was either that or hunting. A final question that I think would be an excellent question to wrap this all up. Do you consider yourself lucky? <laughs> Actually, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> it it really uh, when I first came to Balto Source, uh, there wasn't even a fan fix on it. Um, this was back in 2004, uh, after I got out of boot camp. I had finished the story before I went there, and when I got back, you know, I was looking for a place to post it. So, man, I just finished this 400-page thing, and uh, you know, nobody else is going to read it. So, I uh, I found Baltosource was was the most, you know site that I liked, but it didn't have a fanfic section at the time. And, and so I emailed Steve and I said, "Hey, I've got this story that uh, that I wrote that's really long and whatever. Interested somewhere? Would your site be interested in uh, in uh, taking it?" And uh, he said yes, and you know threw it and liked it. And, a fanfic section, I guess, but but uh, yes, I, I don't know if you call it lucky or blessed or you know led or whatever, but yes. Uh, Final question is: Do you have anything else you would like to add? Oh oh oh, and do you feel lucky? There, I said it. <laughs> but since you already answered that, is there anything else that you would like to add? Yeah, that um, I would say if you want to be a if you want to write. If you want to get better, or if you want to start, is to realize that, that those out there that attack you just for the sake of attacking you. To learn, learn to separate constructive criticism, and then, uh, but you know, you can't let people get you down. Whatever you do, just write, and writing, and eventually you'll get it right. Um, my drawing, um, I hadn't done so well with it for the last I don't know, six years or so, but I kept doing it and kept doing it over the last months or so, so there's been a lot of movement just because I keep going and keep going. What I would just say, and I used to sign all my posts, is, you know, whatever you do, you know, write, 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 and whatever you do, don't give up.
And if it's something you want to do, you'll do it. It's not like you're trying to train to run a marathon. It's sitting down and writing a story. You can just sit down and do it. And and try to ignore the trolls and, and people who are going to try down. And uh, if you ever need help, uh, you know, if you get stuck or, um, you know, not that I'm going to write a story, but if you get stuck and want some pointers or, you know, just want to know how to start or whatever, um, I'm always open. Uh, it's probably a better idea to IM me than, or IM uh, email me, PM me, um, because, well, I haven't been on lately. <laughs> tried to check, but, um, but either shoot me a PM or an IM, and I'll, I'll get back to you. You know, I'll, I'll help you as much as I can. Um, I also direct you uh, to the forums and then fix section. Uh, the mods saw fit some time ago to put a couple of my, uh, I guess you'd call them lessons on writing, uh, as stickies on there. So I think I've had people say they're pretty good. I don't know if they are or not, but it's basically my, but yeah. If you want to do something, just go out and do it. I guess that officially wraps us wraps up this interview. Thank you, Rogue Tramel, the writer. Did I say that right? Well, thank you very much uh, as well. I really, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, never been interviewed before, so this has been really cool. It's been something that I kind of, I really enjoyed and looked forward to. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thanks so much.